Merry Christmas, everyone. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We just finished our Prepare the Way series, which was helping us to prepare our hearts, our homes, our communities, and the world for the return of Jesus, his second coming. On Christmas Eve, Pastor Chris focused on actually welcoming Jesus when he does return. And today, we're going to recall the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. I don't know about you, but some of us experience the same kind of buildup that we had during Prepare the Way every year as the excitement and the anticipation for Christmas grows. I love that buildup. Christmas is actually one of my favorite times of the year. Everybody's in a good mood or at least a better mood than usual. And there are so many distinct sights and sounds and smells that go along with this time of the year. The anticipation of Christmas Day builds an excitement as the traditions and celebrations grow closer. For me, that excitement started when I was just a young kid. We had a lot of traditions surrounding Christmas and the Christmas season growing up. And one of the traditions, which we're gonna talk about today, was actually started by my grandparents for me, my brother, and my sister. Like a lot of families have in the past, or even still do today, we followed an advent calendar growing up. We each had our own and ours were made of a green cloth and they had 24 little pockets that were labeled one through 24 for each day that was leading up to Christmas day. At the top, there was a picture of a cozy cottage that had Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus sitting there sharing some hot chocolate and Santa had a list in his hand. Hopefully he was checking it twice. At the very top above the picture, we each had our name written which was very important because you couldn't get the wrong advent calendar through the Christmas season because they were identical. But our, we also had these little mice that went in, in the pockets on each day of December that we were in. So on December 1st, the mouse lived in pocket number one. When it became December 2nd, we'd get up, we'd move the mouse to the next pocket and third and fourth and so on. And our interaction with the calendar didn't stop there though. See, my grandparents had gone out before the Christmas season and they had bought little gifts for us. My grandma would go home and she would wrap them and she would put them in the pocket that we were supposed to open them up on depending on the day. And if the gift was too large, she would wrap it up separately and label it appropriately, put it off to the side and then we would open it when that day came. Now, these gifts were not outrageous gifts. They were things like erasers and pencils. Uh, sometimes it was a matchbox car. And sometimes we even got something that was personalized, like a little keychain with our name on it. It was really special to us. Now, it, it might not seem too different from the calendars that you can buy in the store. You know the ones I'm talking about, the cardboard ones that have a little door on them and they have a little piece of chocolate on the inside that you, you get to open or eat on the, on the day that you, you're looking at. Uh, and they're not too much different, but there was a lot of care that went into this. What made it also so much more special to us is that there were days where we didn't have a present, but instead we got a little figurine. Now, Along with the calendars, we each had a set of figurines and a stable or a lean-to that when put together, filled out the major scene that we are all really familiar with. 
So on the days that we didn't get a present, we would take a figurine out and we would place it inside the stable. And we would do that all through the Christmas season. Now, my grandma, I didn't appreciate at the time, would take all the time to wrap all these little gifts, which I, is a real act of love. Because we have all sat there and wondered if the frustration is worth it in wrapping these tiny gifts, gifts and, and getting the, the tape all wrapped up in our fingers. But along with those figurines, she would also take the time to write on little slips of paper a verse or a set of verses that we would read that would help us to start building out the entire Christmas story. So as Christmas season rolled on, we would take a figurine out and start putting it into the stable, and we would read along with the story of Jesus' birth. So this would bring us until December 25th, Christmas Day, where we would start to see that the, the, the nativity was being built out, and we would be almost completely done with the Christmas story. And so on this day, what we had been working for was finally going to be realized. The baby was born, and we took the last figurine, and we placed it into the center of the scene with great meaning and joy. We had read through the entirety of the Christmas story now, and we could get on with the rest of our day. And what this annual journey with my grandparents had given us, along with the traditions that my parents had started for us, was an appreciation and a knowledge of what we celebrate on Christmas Day, the miraculous birth of our Savior. We're going to take a look at an account from the book of Matthew of the birth of Jesus. In chapter 1, starting in verse 18, we read, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, these verses don't go into much detail about the events leading up up to the birth of Jesus. But we, what we do get to see is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was engaged to Joseph. Now, before she and Joseph were married, Mary became pregnant through the Holy Spirit. To everybody on the outside looking in, this was bad. Everybody looked at the situation and had thought that Mary had been unfaithful to Joseph, and Joseph had to be thinking the same thing. In fact, he was thinking of ending his relationship with Mary. Before he did that, he was visited by an angel who explained the situation to him and also encouraged him. After hearing from the messenger of God, Joseph took Mary to be his wife. And we do read that eventually, Mary gave birth to Joseph. Now, this is often where our Christmas 
story, Christmas celebration ends with Jesus as a baby. And quite truthfully, this is more than enough for us to celebrate. We have made it to December 25th, the day that we are celebrating Jesus' birth, the Son, Emmanuel. We celebrate this incredible birth and we take time to remember what this gift actually gave us. But that was 2,000 years ago. As we consider how we celebrate today, might I suggest that we do so while considering our take-home point. Jesus' birth wasn't the last thing that we celebrate about Jesus because there was so much more to come. Jesus' birth wasn't the last thing we celebrate about Jesus because there was so much more to come. We know that Jesus wasn't just born through incredible circumstances. We know that he lived a perfect life, that he died a sacrificial death for us. He rose from the dead. He returned to heaven, and we know that he is coming back someday. We all know this to be true, but many of us stop the celebration with baby Jesus. Like the Advent calendar that we used as I was growing up, my celebration, my remembrance of Jesus' birthday ended with Jesus as a baby. But what is this birthday celebration? Truthfully, I don't seek out a lot of, of, of fanfare on my own birthday. I'm not much of a birthday celebrator for myself. I do love celebrating those that God has put in my life. I do celebrate my birthday because it's a, it's, a, it's a birthday, it's a good day. I also celebrate my brother because I'm a twin and it's fun to celebrate him. But I didn't really learn to start loving celebrating birthdays until I got married and then even more so after I had kids. I love celebrating my wife's birthday, and it is so exciting to watch my kids' birthdays, to celebrate with them. My kids are all young. My oldest is four, followed by a three-year-old, and then I have an eight, almost nine-month-old, and it is so much fun to celebrate with them. For my first two kids, I remember their birthdays and how much fun they were, and I eagerly await my nine-month-old's first birthday. We certainly celebrate their day, that this was the day that they came into the world. They introduced themselves to us. But we don't stop there, do we? We take a look at everything that they accomplished in their first 365 days on this planet. We remember things like the first time they crawled, or even if they walked. We remember the first foods that they tasted, the faces that they made. Some of us, we even celebrate their first words. We take all of that, we celebrate their birth, but we also take time to reflect on everything that was accomplished up until this point. And then we look into the future. We don't stop with just them being born. We celebrate their life. And we do this at every birthday for our kids. We, we stop to celebrate that this is their day, the day that they came into this world, but then we go further and we take a look at where they were, where they are now, and everything that is yet to come. And as we get older, as they get older, as the people that we're celebrating get older, we take more and more time to reflect on the accomplishments that they have had, and we look further into the future to see what is still yet to come. 
We celebrate the legacy that they've built, the things that they're leaving behind for us. And we also look into what the legacy is going to look like in the future. Some of us even celebrate the legacy of those that have already passed away. So the question that we have to ask is, if we take the time to celebrate those who we love, or even us, and we look at everything that we have done, everything about where we are, and everything that's going to come in the future, why don't we do the same for Jesus? If we look and evaluate, assess everything that we have accomplished, and everything about where we are in this moment, in this point in time, and then we look at the future, why are we not doing the same for Jesus? For some, we create a division in our minds between the Jesus, the baby Jesus that we celebrate and think about on Christmas, and the Jesus that we think about for the rest of the year. We have created this division in our minds, and the baby Jesus has been so commercialized, mostly intentionally, but some of it unintentionally. And so the the world, American culture, has quite a problem with Jesus, but they have generally accepted that baby Jesus is just another symbol of the Christmas season. Lisa and I have had to be very intentional with our own kids in making sure that they know that the Jesus that was born and placed in the manger is the same Jesus that sacrificed his life for us. And if we're not careful, we can make that same division unintentionally in our own minds. We know that baby Jesus grew up to be our Savior. We cannot allow this division to be there. And so as I said before, we could end our celebration, this birthday celebration, at baby Jesus. We have enough to be celebratory about. But there's more. We have the benefit of knowing that there's more. We have the benefit of knowing that he lived a perfect life. We have accounts of his time here on earth. And shouldn't we celebrate the fact that he died for us? That is fantastic news that that sacrifice was made for us. The legacy that Jesus left behind for us shouldn't just be saved for December 25th, but it should be celebrated every year. Certainly, we ought to celebrate his life on the same day that we have decided to celebrate his birth. And we still have more to celebrate because we know that with his death, his life didn't end. We also get to celebrate what the future holds for Jesus because we know that he is not done yet. We know he is coming back. We know that one day he will return to us. And isn't that worth celebrating? Please understand me. I am not telling you that we have been celebrating the first 24 days of Christmas all wrong. I am not saying that we have even been celebrating Christmas Day wrong. I'm not telling you that you're wrong to have a manger scene in your home or on your front lawn. I'm not telling you to stop using an advent calendar, and I am certainly not telling you to stop celebrating Jesus' birth. All I'm suggesting is that as we take this day to celebrate his birth, shouldn't we celebrate his life? We must take time to look at all that was accomplished for on his first time here on earth. We must spend time reflecting on his first coming and the life that it has purchased us. Finally, 
we have to take the time to celebrate what he is going to do because we know that he isn't finished yet. On this Christmas day, let's celebrate the birth of Jesus, but let's not stop there. Let's celebrate the miracle that happened on that day. Let's celebrate the life. Let's celebrate what the gift he gave us through his sacrifice, what that means for us, for the restoring of our relationship with God. And let's celebrate everything in between. We truly have so much to celebrate on this day. That's why today's next step is I will celebrate Jesus' birth, his life, death, resurrection, and coming again this Christmas day and every day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you that we get to celebrate his coming into the earth on this day. Lord, we don't want to stop there. We want to thank you for allowing him to live a life, a perfect life, so that he could pay that ultimate sacrifice for us. Thank you for bringing him into this world, allowing us to have that gift. And we pray that on this Christmas day, we would remember not just the birth, but everything that you gave us with the birth of your son. All this we pray in your name. Amen. You might be thinking now, that's great, but it doesn't make sense to me. Or maybe it didn't make sense until now, and you're ready to take that next step because you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet. Here at New Life, we say it's as simple as ABC. A, admit. Admit that I'm a sinner and need Jesus as my Savior. B is believe. I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And C is confess. I confess Jesus as my Savior and Lord and commit to following Him in the power of the Holy Spirit. If this is the step that you would like to take with me right now, go ahead and pray with me. Father, I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I need Jesus in my life as my Lord and Savior. And I would like for Him to come into my life right now. I believe that I am in need of saving and I need a Lord to take control. Father, I ask that now. I thank you for the gift of Jesus. Lord, and I thank you for the new meaning that Christmas has for me now. Thank you, Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen.